feel weird about starting these because we're already talking before we press record. Yeah, and so then it just feels like, okay, stop talking. Okay, start talking again. <laughs> it's like, do I say, I want to say hello like it's a phone call. I think right. that's also part of the issue. Hi, who's this? Who's come? Um, hi, hi, it's Marcy. Hi, this is, um, it's Marcy. Hi, I'm, um, hi, hi it's your sister. <laughs> okay. Um, I've started playing Overwatch again because oh for for our listeners, I used to play that like when it came out all the time yeah and then i stopped because i went to college and didn't it didn't work in my dorm room my dorm room's wi-fi was like garbage so it wouldn't hook up to my ps4 as a whole thing anyway but so recently i got it on my switch because i was like well i already have animal crossing and all these other games so i might as well get that too so i've been playing it um and i'm not good at it but when i play it in the like communal living space which is frequently called a living room so i don't know why i said it like that um our little sister will be like who are you playing and the other day i was like oh i'm playing mercy and she was like marcy and i was like no mercy and she was like you mean marcy and i was like no (laughs) it's not what i said (laughs) i want you to know the exact opposite happens every time i've ever been to a foreign country and someone asks me my name like they always think you say mercy always think i say mercy it does not matter how many times they say no marcy they just say mercy and i just accept it that's how i feel about people calling me greg (laughs) like i'm like yeah okay i guess so but the worst is when they'll mishear greg and i'm too embarrassed to correct them and then they run with it and make it gregory because then that's just not even a little bit correct you know because at least Greg, I could pretend that the last G is not present. But Gregory is Gregory is like, you've assigned me a new name. And I don't want it. I don't want your new name assignment. Yeah, Gregory is kind of a whole separate concept. So I do apologize. I, I think it would be fun if we just like decided, oh, no, your name is this now. Will we meet <laughs> someone new? You know what I mean? Yeah. You know the way that like snobby people and like some shows will do? Where they'll be like, I'm going to call you this now. And that's like the joke. Yeah, like, For your name life. is Francis now. Your name is Francis now. Mm, yes. I'm going to call all of you Sarah. Oh, that's actually my name. Oh, well, then that would be unfair. So I'm going to call you Gertrude, you know? <laughs> that's what people do to you. Uh, so anyway, this isn't so anyway, even that interesting. Um, we're, we're tired today for some reason. Well, I know my reason, but... What time did you go to bed last night, Grave? Five in the morning... That is not... What time did you go to bed last night? I mean, I went to bed at like 2. So I'm, oh. I'm actually pretty tired. I got up at like 8.30. I didn't mean to go to bed that late. We got uh, about the Noah, same amount of sleep. Yeah, similar. Noah and I decided to make ourselves like a little Arnold Palmer cocktail thing last night. Because we like watched a movie. Um, what and... movie did you watch? We watched uh, Irresistible. Oh, the one he's been talking about for weeks and weeks and weeks? Mm-hmm. It was really good. Oh, well, because it's uh, directed by John Stewart and starring Steve Carell, and it was very funny. It was a very good like commentary on the current political sphere while also maintaining like a lot of humor. Um, and it was really good, actually. A glowing review from Marcy. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I was also worried that it was rated, since it was rated R, there was going to be some forced, annoying sex scene, but it was rated R exclusively for the use of the F word. So, I like when <laughs> movies do that, where it's like, this is the only reason it's rated R. Yeah. Don't Otherwise, worry it, it. it would have been PG-13. That was the literal only reason. And they used it in a way where it was mostly funny, so I appreciate it. <laughs> I love that like PG-13 movies can say the f word only once and otherwise it's over 
Like I like that they're like, like mm, you can have one. Yeah, that as a society, we were like, it's cool for young teens to hear it just a little, just a just little, just, teens. just a little. Teens can have little AF word as a treat. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. So that's what I did last night. Um, but the reason I stayed up is because I'm a baby, and the tea we drank had caffeine in it. Oh my god. <laughs> and so you were like, oh, I can't go to sleep. I was just laying there and then I made the mistake of being like okay well I'll like go on like social media a little bit before bed to try and fall asleep which never works for anyone why do we all do that I don't know it never ever works I somehow ended up on Supernatural like TikTok what Um, not like Like, Supernatural the show like Supernatural like ghosts and stuff like sightings I don't know which one is better for your sleeping you know what i mean yeah so then i ended up being having the heebie-jeebies and the noah kept saying things to further my heebie-jeebies like the dead man's electronics we currently have have i told you about this not even a little bit what okay so my apartment building has a recycling bin on like the basement floor of the parking like parking garage below my building um and people just kind of dump stuff there like when they're moving that they don't really know what to do with um so me being the rat that i am will occasionally like when i'm going to my car walk by the recycling to see if anyone's thrown away like perfectly good furniture because they like they throw away like full things like we got a couple of um bar stools for our island out of the recycling that are literally brand new um because my building is full of a bunch of rich college kids and yeah. you know how they are because they don't pay for anything. So they just get rid of stuff at the end of the year. It's I'll weird. just like throw this away. Yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah. So we, we were doing our usual raccoon habit of walking by the recycling to see if there's any perfect good furniture to steal. And we found a box labeled like electronics. And uh, my boyfriend is a big like tech dude. Not like he just like loves like old electronics he collects like, them he, yeah, he doesn't would, do anything with them right no it's fully just a collection collectors <laughs> don't do anything with their stuff they just like to have it he just wants um it. so that's how he is and so i was like hi it's christmas for you welcome to this box um and so we brought the box back upstairs and i have a full list of everything that was in it because it was so weird um and it was basically just like assorted electronics from like 2010 like everything is like 10 plus years old like it included like a cd like a portable cd player and like the original ipad an old laptop like an old oh, iPod the Touch. original ipad yeah like in like it had like an old gps in it like it was just full of like weird old technology which like wouldn't have been creepy except for the fact that all of it looked new like some of the stuff is still in its boxes, like totally what? unopened, or like if it has been opened, like it still has like you know how electronics will come with stickers that you would then take off, like it still yeah. has the stickers on it. Um, everything's been wiped, like none of it has any personal information on it. Like the laptop doesn't even have any hardware on it. Like it's just a laptop. Like Noah had to load. It didn't even have like Windows on it. You know. Um. So my current guess, and I think everyone mm-hmm. else's guess that we've like because we've talked to like friends and stuff being like what do you think happened with this box is i think it's someone who died a few years ago and his estate is now cleaning out his crap i see or his like i don't know kids i'm saying his it might not be a man actually there's a very cute camera with a cute little camera case so maybe it was a lady but i'll never know i'll never know i've been calling dead dead man's man's electronics electronics has a has a (laughs) ring to it it's very it's very pirates of the caribbean you know it really is. So I don't, I don't so, blame you for that. 
I'm watching all these supernatural TikToks last night about like weird sightings people have had and like, you know, like a science brain as I am, I am also believe in ghosts. Um your science brain so, with side of ghost. Exactly. And so then we're laying in bed and Noah's like, You don't think those things are haunted, do you? And I'm like, ah, I can't sleep now. <laughs> oh no. Haunted <laughs> so, iPad. Yeah. The haunted iPad. Haunted iPad. It does nothing but like unlock itself without being touched or something. <laughs> you just you so hear benign. the like old school charging sound in the right. middle of the night, and you know the ghost is with you. <laughs> like, <laughs> if you're here, <laughs> speak to us, and it's just the noise. Yep. Anyways, that's what's up in my life. Um, I haven't told you what the segment is today. Uh, well, we haven't even done our intro. So. Oh my god, you're so right. We haven't. So, so hi, I'm Gray. And I'm Marcy. I'm a writer. And I'm a reader. And this is Booking, a literary podcast. Where we talk about books. books. Nice. Nice. Uh, what is post. our... <laughs> I'll do that. <laughs> what is our theme this week? Our theme is second half of Enemies to Friends to Lovers. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah, uh, we like enemies to friends to lovers. So we last do, week we, we talked about kind of what that meant, what that looked like. Um, this week for our segment, we are not fully sticking to that. Uh, I'm more talking about romances. I have for you my compilation. Compilation? No. Uh, list of my top summer reads 2020. Oh. So this is stuff that I've read within the last year. Uh, they are all romances. Some of them have a little spice of enemies to friends to lovers. Some of them do not. Uh, I have five for you, and I figured like it seems like I've I've done my research on this. I think I've read like fifteen or something fairly new release romances over the summer, and I thought let's let's give you the the best ones. Nice. Um, Excited. So give me some. Yeah, marks. this is Marcy's summer reads twenty twenty. I know we're kind of at the end of summer, but honestly, time is meaningless right now. So really, this is just like romances that you might enjoy right <laughs> so um i have four picks and then an honorable mention i should say um and i didn't rate them per se all of these got four or five star ratings of goodreads for me so they are like all approved um i decided to do them Marcy as approved. yeah exactly as uh suggestions so let's just like jump right in um just the like first book get up. into it yeah is my pick for if you like watching tv about tv so Huh. If you like watching shows or like YouTube series about behind the scenes of Hollywood productions, I think you might like Twice in a Blue Moon by Christina Lauren. Um, so Twice in a Blue Moon is about a small town girl who is also the secret kind of daughter of a famous actor uh, who meets a small town boy when they both go on graduation trips to London. Uh, he ends up being her first love, but she's betrayed by him. And... Uh, it changes her life completely. She goes on to leave that small town anonymity and become an acclaimed actress herself, just like her dad. And years later, when she accepts an Oscar-worthy role, she finds out that the writer of the role was that first love who betrayed her horribly and outed <gasps> her to the world. Oh, no. So uh, why are sparks still flying between them 20 years later? So oh, no. I know. So Twice in a Blue Moon um, 
it touches on like what I really liked about it is that it touches on like some of the difficulties of fame and living life in the limelight um, and kind of balancing public image with your own personal world and also balancing that with having famous family and also family that doesn't want anything to do with the famous family. Um, also a surprising like depth to this book for me um, was its tackling of like race relations. Uh, so the love interest of the book, the writer, the first love who betrayed her, um, he was raised by his grandmother and her husband. So not his actual grandfather, but he did all of the raising um, who were a biracial couple living in rural America in like the 60s. Um, so although the love interest is white, he ends up writing this beautiful screenplay dealing like that is recounting in a way it's not like it scene for scene, but recounting the bigotry that his grandparents went up against and the way that they overcame it and like their love for each other. And his first love then has to play his grandmother in the movie. Um, so it is like, there's a whole circles here. There's some um, circles going on. Yeah. So some I don't know. Things. And it's also just a really sweet romance about like the improbability and beauty of finding the one twice which is why it's called twice in a blue moon um, so it's really it's like a really sweet book in that it like it goes through like first love and like finding yourself um it touches on some really serious topics while also maintaining like it's still like light and like fun um and also a lot of the book takes place on a movie set so you get that whole like hollywood vibe but it's also mm -hmm. real at the same time like it's not just made up stuff so it it had a surprising amount of depth to me and i really enjoyed twice in blue moon by christina lauren and i think if you like watching content about content being made you would like this too so nice thank yeah. you for that welcome uh my next pick is you would like this book if you've ever gone through a particularly nasty breakup but are ready to talk about it a little bit <laughs> <laughs> um and it is if i if i never met you by varie mcfarlane um which is i loved this book this is one of my favorite books i've read this summer um it is about a girl Lori, whose life takes quite the turn when her partner of over a decade suddenly decides to leave her when he he figures out he doesn't really want to start a family. Um, and that's pretty important to her. So he says peace. Uh, but worse, so she's now left alone in her 30s, which as a woman is very terrifying. Um, but worse, he works at the same law firm as her. And he has now gotten his new girlfriend pregnant. So <gasps> she's feeling a lot of feelings. Oh, no. <laughs> and the combination of humiliation and heartbreak push her uh, to extremes to salvage her dignity including starting a fake romance with the office playboy who of fake course romance fake romance fake turns romance. out to be much more complex than we thought of course so i love this book i love a fake romance book i don't know what it is i fake dating i fall for fake dating every time and if i'm I never reading a book you, right now with fake dating this book it is it's some of it's some top-notch fake dating um that. But on top of that, I, what I like really, really loved about If I Never Met You is it is like a, and I, you don't see this in romance books all the time. It is such a good representation of the grief and heartache after a breakup. Um, and like, I just love how empowering it was for Lori. And empowering is such like a useless word these days, but I don't really know what else to say about it. Um, but like her finding herself after she's given so much of herself to a relationship that ultimately fails and like how that is a really really relatable thing for um a lot of women i mean a lot of people but i think it is a 
thing that women go through really frequently. Nice. Well, not that that is that feeling is nice, but like, you know what I mean? And on top of that, um, if I never met you also handles like in the, I'm not going to like spoil how, but the grief of terminally ill family and handling an illness like that and knowing that the end is near for someone that you really care about, navigating toxic friendships and friend groups, um, and just like finding yourself and loving yourself after a partner has made you feel worthless, um, while also having a fake romance plot line, which I love. So I thoroughly enjoyed If I Never Met You by Varee McFarlane, and I highly recommend it. It is a British rom-com, so you have to be chill with the whole British thing. Actually, a lot of these are British. I like British chiclet, <laughs> which I know some people don't like, um, but I do really? enjoy it. So, what? yeah. Why do some people the sense not like of it? humor is slightly different. Um, mm, I think I some of it can be a little drier. Uh, so, not everyone likes British like rom com chiclet, but I like it. I think it's fun. I've never had an issue with it. So, uh, you would enjoy If I Never Met You if you've ever been through a rough breakup, but are cool to talk about it a little bit. Um, I wouldn't recommend this book if you are fresh, freshly broken up. I think you might want to wait a few months. <laughs> um, my next pick is if you're sick of sick stories. So sick being like ill. <laughs> nice. Plain uh, answer. Thank you. And I recommend Get a Life, Chloe Brown by Talia Hibbert. I have your copy of that book. Yes, you do. Uh, this book is adorable. It is about chronically ill Chloe Brown, who is on a mission to overcome the limits of her illness and her protective family by tackling a list of things to get a life. Um, This list includes, but is not limited to, enjoying a drunken night out, riding a motorcycle, going camping, having meaningless but enjoyable sex, traveling the world with nothing but hand luggage, and doing something bad. Um, But when she meets Red, the tattooed motorcycle riding handyman in her building, she realizes she may not be interested in the meaningless flings she thought getting a life entailed. He's got a whole secret life hiding behind his rough exterior, and Chloe is going to figure it out. Um, I thought this book was just like a delight. Like it was just cute. It was fun. It was funny. It was heartwarming. Um, It has a wonderful representation of chronic illness and like actually living with it, like not just being like a sad, like, meh, I'm sick, but being like, I'm sick. And also, and I, I still live a life. life. Yeah. And my life is still worth living. Um, yeah. It also deals with finding confidence and self-worth after an abusive relationship. Um, and finding your own strength after that. Um, and also just, like, about two people who, like, really care about each other as they are. And, like, encouraging each other to heal, but not actually, like, trying to fix each other. Which I love is that. Which is just really refreshing. Like, it's about, like, meeting each other where you are and helping each other be better people because it's what's good for you, not because there's anything wrong with you. Um, and it's just really cute. And Get a Life, Chloe Brown is a joy. And also another British read i'm realizing um and i just really enjoyed it it's like not too heavy it just is like fun and like bright and like so like quick to read you know um i really enjoyed it so i recommend get a life chloe brown if you're sick of sick stories i love that um it's really enjoyable my next pick is my favorite this is i think the only five star this is book on this list and one of the only like two five star books i've read this year so far um and it is my pick for you if you like circe or song of achilles but are kind of tired of ancient greece (laughs) nice so it is lovely war by julie berry 
think I mentioned this book to you before. Um, you probably did. And I, for everything else, I wrote my own blurb about it. I could not. I'm just going to read the blurb for you about this one. So it's going to be a little longer. But I just, there's a lot going on and I had a hard time distilling it. So it's 1917 and World War One is at its zenith when Hazel and James first catch sight of each other at a London party. She's a shy and talented pianist. He's a newly minted soldier with dreams of becoming an architect. When they fall in love, it's immediate and deep, and cut short when James is shipped off to the killing fields. Aubrey Edwards is also headed toward the trenches. A gifted musician who's played Carnegie Hall, he's a member of the 15th New York Infantry, an all-African-American regiment being sent to Europe to help end the Great War. Love is the last thing on his mind, but that's before he meets Colette Fournier, a Belgian chanteuse who's already survived unspeakable tragedy at the hands of the Germans. Thirty years after these four lovers' fates collide, the Greek goddess Aphrodite tells their stories to her husband Hephaestus and her lover Ares in a luxe Manhattan hotel room at the height of World War II. She seeks to answer the age-old question, why are love and war eternally drawn to each other? But her quest for conclusion that will satisfy her jealous husband uncovers a multi-threaded tale of prejudice, trauma, and music, and reveals the war is no match for the power of love. Oh my god. That's a good... That sounds that really a, cool. It's a good blurb. Um, it is. Lovely War is about three separate couples, um, but not in like a love actually way, because they actually have like a substantial connection to each other and aren't just like tangentially related. Um... So the first one, as it mentioned, Hazel and James are, like, the cutest, like, young couple. Like, this is both of their, like, first love, and it's, like, they fall in love so fast and so hard, and they are just so wholesome and adorable. <laughs> and you're just, like, rooting for them because they're just, you're, like, you are both so good, and you're together because you're good, and I like that so much. Um, but obviously that is hard when he is <sighs> shipped off um to world war one and she decides to do her part and defy her parents and she actually volunteers for the red cross and ends up going um to france to be uh like she ends up working like volunteering at some of the base camps um is that why there's an eiffel tower on the cover yes that is why there's an eiffel tower on the cover because they're both british um so they have a very sweet romance going on and then aubrey um and colette Aubrey is a black musician from America, like it says, part of the 15th New York Infantry, an extremely talented musician, Um, and he ends up being shipped off as well, and he falls in love with Colette, who is a volunteer with Hazel. So that's why I say there's actually substantial, like, connections, because they're all actually friends. They aren't just, like, Um, randos who happen by each other. Okay, which is really nice, actually, because you actually get, like, I feel like a lot of different point of views about all the mm-hmm. different characters because um, they're all actually connected. Um, and but the twist that I really love, because without the twist, this is kind of just like a World War One love story, which like there's a lot of historical fiction about World War One and World War Two. That's not necessarily that unique. The thing that I love about it is how it is told through Aphrodite's eyes. Like she is the narrator the whole time. Wow. Um, and it is her the book opens with her having, or not her, Hephaestus once again having caught Aphrodite and Ares in the act of adultery. Um, and she is weaving this tale to Hephaestus and Ares to show them what love really looks like. Wow. Um, and there, Ares is like, oh, I remember them because they are soldiers. That's why they matter to me. And Hephaestus is like, I don't understand. I understand what love is already. And she is showing them that neither of them really understand what it means to love another person. Um, and she uses their these two couples' love stories as a way to explain that to them. And it's just so beautiful. I'm sorry. I'm getting chills talking about it. This, this book is incredible. Um, it tackles, obviously, some serious things like war, death, grief, racism, loss 
first love, duty to one's country, courage, finding love after love has been lost, a biracial romance in the age of like extreme racism. Uh, there's a lynching, <laughs> um, but it also handles, like I said, the less concrete topics. Like, what does it look like to love and to be loved and how to have courage to do that? <gasps> it's heavy. It's not a light book, Lovely War, um, but yeah. the characters are so, they are so human and you, are, you relate to them so much and you root for them so much. Like, you really, really want the best for them. Um, and they're up against, and I think that's why people love World War stories. They're up against such a great enemy and it changes them forever. Um, mm-hmm. So, if you liked Circe or Song of Achilles, you liked that weightiness, you liked it being rooted in mythology, um, and you also liked kind of grand epic storytelling. Uh, but you want something that is not necessarily ancient history. I really, really recommend Lovely War by Julie Berry. It is one of the best books I've ever read, and I cannot recommend it enough. It is a long read. It is worth it. <laughs> so, How long is get, it? I'm honestly not sure. I did the audiobook. I was actually listening to this um, while I was training for my half marathon, um, and it was like I listened to it during my longest run, and it made that run go by really fast like I was not thinking about running at all I was very happy to be listening to the story um it is really phenomenal (sighs) so that's number four on my list uh number five is an honorable mention and I give it an honorable mention because there's one glaring flaw about it that bothers me which I'll talk about um but this honorable mention is for if you want a book that's going to make you both laugh and cry uh I recommend The Friend Zone by Abby Jimenez um so just the name, the friend zone, I think is somewhat problematic because of what the friend zone has come to mean. In- yeah, it also doesn't tell me a whole lot about <laughs> it. Really, the book. actually, I don't think describes it at all. Yeah, um, which is a little weird to me, but that's okay. Uh, so the friend zone is about Kristen, who is juggling a lot. She is the maid of honor at her best friend's wedding. She is trying to handle this long distance relationship, um, and she's also preparing for medically necessary hysterectomy that will prevent her from ever having a family. Uh, but Things get complicated when the best man, Josh, suddenly appears in her life, and he is everything she could want in a man, but he makes abundantly clear that he, like, really wants a big family. Um, And this is really the first romance I've ever read that, like, really tackles uh, infertility head-on and what that means, especially as, like, a woman and how it makes you feel like a failure as a woman, like... Mm-hmm. which is so first of all like hetero and cis normative of us um to feel that way but it is a real pressure that yeah. women face and especially um i guess i shouldn't just say women but anyone going through infertility faces um feeling that their body is a failure um and that their romantic options are limited because they can't be with someone who wants a family or who wants a biological family um and i thought that was really refreshing to deal with that um it was also really funny. Like this book like made me laugh out loud. It's like very much like, you know, there's shenanigans. Um, there's also a plot twist I will not give away, obviously, but left me like crying. Like off the pod, hit. tell me what it is. Off the pod, um <laughs> So <laughs> you end up just like sobbing. It's terrible. Oh my god. And they have this like <laughs> and it's just yeah, it's a whole thing. Um so anyway. Anyway, sorry, we just had an off-the-pot discussion of the spoiler. Yeah. But, (laughs) (laughs) so this book will make you laugh out loud. It will also make you sob. Um, 
the only reason it has an honorable mention is because there is a strong thread of I'm not like the other girls and you know that bothers oh, me. Yeah. Um without that thread of but I'm cool, I like to eat. Like <laughs> <laughs> as if we humans don't all like to eat. Without that thread, this would have been that this would have made it into my normal recommendations. Um, but if you can kind of get over a little bit of the uh, internalized misogyny of this book, it's really good. Uh, so if you want something that's like funny, it'll make you laugh, it'll make you cry. I recommend The Friend Zone. It's enjoyable. It's a good like summer read. You know, it is. Yeah. It's not trying to mean anything. It's not. I enjoyed it. Nice. Whew. I feel like I talked about that for a really long time. <laughs> but. That's okay. Those are my summer 2020 romance recommendations. So enjoy. I don't know nice. if you'll actually read any of them. You have Get a Life Chloe Brown in your hands. I'll probably read Get a Life Chloe Brown because I have it physically in front of me and I don't have to like search for yeah. it anywhere. Do I've been do doing this thing lately where I've been getting the audiobooks for books I have physically and listening to them as I read so I can alternate between only focusing on it and like really getting it and um doing something else when i'm like eh, i'm bored now <laughs> um it's been very fun that was sort of the whole story i just have been doing that because i'm trying to catch up on my goodreads challenge because i'm behind i'm only one book behind and i've been eight or nine books behind for the past like three months because i changed my goal i increased my goal when quarantine started by a lot um but now i'm only one book behind and i've almost finished reading all of the physical books that i have with me which is also why I'm doing this because I have so many and I told myself I wasn't going to buy any more books until I read everything on my shelf. So I'll probably read Get a Life, Chloe Brown because it's sitting there just looking at me. And it's fun and cute. And it's funny and cute. Yeah, like it has a really cute cover and that intrigues me. So I'm like, oh, cute little cover. Also, is that like it's number one of the Brown sisters? There's. Yes, there's another one about the. I don't I haven't read it, so I don't know. But I do know that there's a book that came out recently or is coming out i don't know let me check yeah take a hint danny brown came out in june so so yeah nice so there is a sequel to that if you're interested in sequels yeah i would usually be like you have to read lovely war because it was like my favorite book but i feel like you would be bored by it (laughs) i might (laughs) i probably enjoy most of it but I just don't think you're a historical fiction person. I'm really not, I realized. I I don't know. Maybe maybe if I read more of it, I'd like it. Like, I just get used to. I realized lately that I actually do like fantasy more than I thought that I did because I had a lot of fantasy on my shelf physically that I had to, you know, and I've just been getting through books. And so I read, a, like, several different fantasy books, and I was like, no, I liked that. So I don't know. Maybe I'm just, maybe I just needed to get used to, like, the genre, you know what I mean? So maybe if I read more historical fiction, I would like it more. But as yeah. of right now, I don't tend to read a lot of historical fiction or anything. Mm. I've always so. enjoyed historical fiction, but, yeah. you know, it's also that's, a, that's like our biggest reading difference, I think. Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen you read a historical fiction. No. <laughs> Except for well, maybe, what, like, The Book Thief. <laughs> the Book Thief. I was about to literally say that. So, yeah. <laughs> so, yes. Did you ever read All the Stars We Cannot See? Um, no. Because I know I gave that to you. You did. It's on my shelf staring at me. That is another one of those World War books that, like, I stand by. I know that genre of book is, like, so overdone, but, ah, it's because there's so much you can do with it. (sighs) I just get, I think I get, like, overwhelmed by a lot of historical fiction, like, and I just 
and like, oh, I don't want to read it because it tends to be heavy, or at least that's my expectation is like, oh, it's a war book. It's going to be really sad. And so yeah, then I, mean, I have to be, true. yeah. And so then I have to be in a headspace where I'm, I want to do that. And like, sometimes that's fine. But like, I don't know, lately I've just been like, I just want something chill. I've been reading so many books on accident about like girls fighting the patriarchy in like sci-fi or fantasy settings. And like, I read like three books in a row that were like really about misogyny and the patriarchy. And I was like, after that, I was like, I'm like burnt out from this. Like I can't yeah. handle any more trauma <laughs> to these girls from men. Like I, I was like, I can't do this. It. Yeah. No, I get so, that. so now I'm reading like a fluffy contemporary like YA contemporary fake dating thing so I mean that's why I've been reading so many romances this summer is because the world is really heavy right now and I'm like I feel like all of my other content is so heavy I need some fluff like good fluff but I need some like happy endings and like people falling in love and stuff so I get that so I mean I even even read a fluffy historical fiction wait which one is that I didn't mention it. Uh, it's called Above the Bay of Angels. It's about a girl in like, I don't know. I know I don't know time periods. I just know like 1800s or whatever, <laughs> um, who wants to be a chef, which is like really not typical for the time. Um, and about her taking a fake position at in the Queen's, uh, like she like fakes <laughs> her credentials to get into the Queen's um, kitchens and like works her way up as like the only female like staff there. And she falls in love with a French chef and it's very cute. Nice. Well, speaking of cute things and books with happy endings, let's talk about what we read this week. Oh, dang. Yeah. We have a whole other book to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> so, Gravy, what did we read this week? Hold on. The sounds of me trying to get my... I forgot to make my screen split screen. So, I'm like trying to get my stuff up <laughs> while also staying on this tab. Okay. This week, we read The Hina Wars by Adiba Jagardar. When Dimple Met Rishi meets Simon versus the Homo Sapiens Agenda in this rom-com about two teen girls with rival henna businesses. When Nishat comes out to her parents, they say she can be anyone she wants, as long as she isn't herself, because Muslim girls aren't lesbians. Nishat doesn't want to hide who she is, but she also doesn't want to lose her relationship with her family, and her life only gets harder once a childhood friend walks back into her life. Flavia is beautiful and charismatic, and Nishat falls for her instantly. But when a school competition invites students to create their own businesses, both Flavia and Nishat choose to do henna, even though Flavia is appropriating Nishat's culture. Amidst sabotage and school stress, their lives get more tangled, but Nishat can't quite get rid of her crush on Flavia, and realizes there might be more to her than she realized. So that was The Henna Wars by Adiba Jagardar, um, as part of our Enemies to Friends to Lovers theme, which just like last time, is not a super accurate representation of how the relationship turns out, but it's always going to happen with our themes because we're just going off of the summaries of them without having read them yet. So, do you want to just, like, get into the ratings? Yeah, let's just, let's just get in there. Just, like, get in. So, for enjoyability, do you what did you give it? I want to know yours first. <laughs> okay. I gave it a four. Um, with a three being average, I thought it. I enjoyed it, like, a little more than average. I thought it was really cute. Like, I think cute is a good word for this book. Um, I really enjoyed uh, the, like, relationship between the main character and her sister. I thought it was really sweet. And I, liked a lot. I loved that, too. <sighs> Preeti. Their relationship was so sweet. Yeah. I love I good them. family relationships, good sibling relationships in books. And I loved that, like, 
the family was not background to yeah. what was happening. That's all, That always bothers me where it's like, well, I have a bunch of siblings in my parents, but I'm never, ever going to mention them. Yeah. Like, no, those are central people in your life. <laughs> yeah. And I really, really liked that. Um, I loved her family in general, like the arc of their family. Um, and then, of course, I thought the romance was like really sweet. Like, I think sweet is a really good word for it. Like it was like just like wholesome and like it was just kind of like lovely to watch them develop and like discover themselves and whatever um specifically like mm -hmm. yeah i don't know i just i enjoyed it i gave it a four nice i gave it a 4.5 i agree with all the things you said i i really what like when it says that it is when dimple met rishi meets simon they really mean that i wasn't expecting it to be to remind me as much of simon as it did because I was kind of like, my expectation is like, you know, Simon vs. Homo Sapiens Agenda is like the gay book. You know what I mean? And so I was kind of like expecting that comparison to be on the basis of, oh, it's gay. But like in terms of tone and um, balance between like like sweet and light and cute and fun, but also more serious things happening and like dealing with topics that are like actually, you can't just like, you know, brush off. They have to be dealt with like compassionately. Um, it was very similar to Simon in that way, which is really good because that's like one of my favorite books. Um, yeah, can I, touch I really on that? liked it. Yeah, you can. About the like heavy topics um, mm -hmm. that you can't brush off. So I think this is one of the reasons why Simon um, versus the Homo sapiens agenda is as successful as it is. And maybe this is just my outsider view. I think it's also the reason why like Ellen DeGeneres is as is as successful as she is um, in terms of being like a representative of the LGBT community. And that's because they are really accessible. Like they take the really heavy topics and they make them seem friendly and like you can see themselves, see yourself in them. Um, and I think this book does that. And I like that it does yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Like it. And I know I'm not saying that it, um, because I know especially like Ellen um, has got some flack lately for being a little <laughs> behind the times. Um, but she did do the stuff for the way people saw um, right. gay people and gay women, especially. Um, and I think Love, Simon or whatever, you know, the, <laughs> the, the Simon world. Yes. Um, the, the Simon, Simon Cinematic Universe. <laughs> <laughs> Simon Cinematic Universe um, did the same the thing. Because like you said, it is the gay book. And I think it's the gay book because we like as I say, we as a representative of the straight community um, <laughs> read that book and we're like, but Simon's not different from me. <laughs> wow. Because people are horrible and need to like explicitly see themselves in order to have empathy for some reason. But, <laughs> but. I'm saying that as it is a boon to the Hina Wars. Like it is mm -hmm. a book about two girls of color in a mostly white community. In finding, Ireland, by the in way. In Ireland, finding themselves and realizing, especially for the main character, realizing that she is a lesbian and how that is so not culturally okay for her family um, and for her like extended family. Um but like also she's just a teenager and it's like a really sweet first love story that I think all of us have like felt and it's so relatable while also being really I think authentic and like hitting I was gonna talk about this with expectations but like it critiques cultural appropriation we can go ahead to that is like well actually we can't go ahead to get expectations because <laughs> we have to go to balance first dang it who's who says Hold we have that. to go in order why does it matter I guess that's true. I, I I wouldn't know what to do if we went out of order. My brain would explode. <laughs> you couldn't handle that? I couldn't handle it. 
I'll just say I gave it extra points and expectations because I nice. I like expected it to deal with some stuff, obviously, but I felt that it deal with stuff dealt with stuff really well using really concrete kind of examples that are really relatable and it didn't like do it subtly. It like explicitly was like, it's not okay to steal from someone's culture for profit. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> very <laughs> on page says that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, you want to go to expectations and or oh my god balance so, I meant balance oh, I'm whack. I know. stupid I know. all right so for balance I gave it a three with a three being average um my main too. reason for giving it a three and not a four um is I thought that it was like pretty like fine like it seemed balanced the whole way through uh I won't give it away but I thought the ending was slightly abrupt um like it just I wanted it a little bit more at the end. I think that's where I'm going to dock points for balance. Like it just, just wanted like a skosh, just a skosh more. Just, just a skosh. I gave it a three also, but not, but just because like, you know, me and the balance rating, I usually don't know what to put unless there are glaring issues or glaring good things about it. And I honestly didn't, I don't remember having issues with the abruptness of the end, Um, but I did give it the same rating as you. So gave it a three. Okay, so expectations. I feel like there's never much to say about balance. Yes. Balance is more of an equalizing factor than anything else. Yeah, that's true. It's built in to prevent inflation. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so expectations, I gave it a four. Um, it was all the things I expected it to be from the summary. And then, like I said, it had this added accessibility and I think handling topics that are sometimes hard to handle really well. Um in a way that I think a lot of people would be able to get. Like, I think this is a good intro book into the LGBT genre, you know? Mm -hmm. That's what I'm trying to say, I think. I don't know. Does that make sense? Yeah. I gave it a 4.5 because I was, I, I, I knew it was going to deal with cultural appropriation based off of the summary, but I wasn't necessarily expecting as in-depth of a discussion of, like, the nuances in your response to it and especially with um i don't remember her name but there's a character who is flavia's cousin who is racist tuni and there's this whole discussion about how flavia unfortunately can't just like ignore her forever and never talk to her again the way that nishat can and so like the discussion of that and um not this shouldn't go this this doesn't need to go to expectations but i just want to say that i've never read a book with a brazilian character in it and i thought that was neat i thought that was interesting yeah to read about. she mentioned that there is a large brazilian population in ireland and i just want to know how that happened i just don't know i didn't know that i don't know I, anything about ireland honestly also really, in I the don't. in the audiobook there was no irish accent which i don't know like at first i was like oh maybe the main character was supposed to have one but then they wouldn't do one for any of the other characters the way that some audio people do which is not a yeah. reflection of the book itself, but I it had a, it's a, it's I had a hard time picturing it. A choice as was made. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, I agree with that. They would every now and again say a word that I'd be like, oh, that's, this is happening not in the States. Um, right. But for the most part, it, I guess I kind of forgot it was in Ireland. Yeah. Um, honestly, the thing that reminded me the most was them saying like, oh, she's a third year instead of saying grade levels. And that was like yeah. it for me. <laughs> I agree with that. I'm going to go to writing style. Uh, sure. Wait, something I want to add to expectations. I cried. Okay. Did you cry? I did not cry. I don't cry at there... books a whole lot, but I understand yeah, why well, you did. I like to cry at all emotions. Um, 
not publicly. If you know me in normal life, you might not know that about me. But when I'm by myself or with people I'm comfortable with, I'm a crier. Um, I there's just this moment the family. I know exactly what you're talking about. I'm not gonna spoil it. No, but it's, it's so beautiful. It's so sweet. Yeah. The family. Ugh. I know we already talked about it a little bit, but the family the in family. this book is so sweet and so like honest and like they're not perfect, but they're trying and like ugh, I just. <laughs> It's so good. It's, it's different because our family isn't like a very traditional family. But I can't help but when I read books about teenagers coming out, thinking about when you were first coming out, and yeah. our family was like, "We don't know what to do with this." Yeah, but we want to be nice. But we want and, to like, support you. Yeah, trying to learn new terms and like and figure out figure how to, stuff out, how to be supportive and yeah, navigating all of that. It's yeah. just very touching to me. People are like from that personal way surprised when I tell them that mom wasn't always as like intensely like I guess knowledgeable about trans and gay things because now she like at her school in the well really in the before times because now everything's online but when we were at school she she ran the LGBT support club support group thing at her high school and like was going to before it got canceled because of the world being on fire she was going to do a conference and fly down and do a conference in like florida and talk to these people about like how to be supportive of your trans students and like all of this stuff and so our mom is obviously both of her parents are wonderful but like when i was like first coming out as like a 14 year old it was like really everyone was like what do we do and not in a mean way but in a like we just were like we don't know know what to do (laughs) just don't know and like that i like really like saw that in these parents and that there was there never seemed to be like i'm trying to be mean to my child and i'm trying to you know do something bad to her like it was always like i want to be a good parent and i want to be supportive but i don't know how to do that yet and like them trying to learn how to do that and like the moment the moments when like like both acknowledging that it hurt that they couldn't do it immediately but also understanding and appreciating when they when they started to you know what i mean uh, that's <sighs> another thing about expectations i think for this book for me that was a weird sentence i phrased that poorly um <laughs> <laughs> was this might be a controversial statement but i don't even think the romance was the main plot of the book I agree with you. I loved the romance and I love Flavia. It wasn't the main thing driving Nishat's storyline and her growth as a person. And that's very, very okay. You know what I mean? Like, I think I wouldn't have changed it. I wouldn't have made the romance the central plot line any more than it already was. You know what I mean? And I love, I actually like loved that about it because we got to have the cute little romance that makes you feel things and I think drove stuff forward um like it was a driving force but the real thing was about her like like learning like accepting her culture and her family and herself and her like working through this with her family and it was just beautiful and i liked it a lot so that was my it was really sweet. i also really loved having for many reasons i loved the romance but i also like i, I don't know i just i loved having a sweet happy like relationship for them i always appreciate when there is a gay relationship that is just like overall like wholesome and good and makes you feel good things because it feels like not that we shouldn't have difficult queer relationships in our books and stuff but i i tend to want 
more of the lighthearted because, you know, the world is on fire. And I would like a world where gay people can be in relationships and be happy with each other. You know what I mean? Um, and so I just really liked that too. And I just, I was looking at like fan art of them that the author had posted on Instagram. And I was like, oh, it's so cute. And they're in the little uniforms in the fan art because I, for- I forgot, but they do wear uniforms. And I was like, oh, matching. So anyway. All right, moving on to writing style. What did you give it? For writing style, I gave it a four, kind of just an above average. I listened to the audiobook for this one. I didn't have a physical copy with me, which I wish that I had. And I'm probably going to end up ordering one, but like it's a little too late now for the pod. But so I don't have a lot of quotes that I have, but I remember liking the writing style and especially the like the internal, um, the thoughts. That's what those are. <laughs> Bernie Shat. And I liked her voice. So, yeah, I kind of I mean, I gave it a four too. I thought it was good. I don't know. I thought like the tone fit. I liked the internal monologue. I agree. I liked the dialogues. Um, I also I know I criticized it for being um, for ending a little quickly, but I also liked the length. Like, I don't feel like it drew anything out unnecessarily, which I appreciate. Yeah, um, I don't like when books are just like long for for being long sake. And I don't think this did that. So I like the brevity of it. Um, and I just liked, I think you said you liked her voice that I really agree with. Like, I just, I found her to be endearing and real. Um, and so I gave it a four because I thought it was above average and I enjoyed it. So not a lot to say about that. It wasn't like one of those books that like blows you away with quotes or anything. Um, because I think this is like, I would say this is for like 14 to 16, like audience wise. Um So it's not like crazy complex, but also I don't think it needed to be like, I think it was perfect for what it was trying to do. Yeah. Um, I've realized lately that I like, I'm thinking about books where there's, they're not like quote heavy, but they're not badly written. And I don't know how popular of an opinion this is or isn't, but I think like, I don't really have any issues with that. Like, like maybe I should because I'm a poetry person or whatever. And so I should be like, the sentence by sentence should be gorgeous and poetic and flowery. But I don't always like that. And like, I think that's part of why I sometimes I struggle mm-hmm. with writing that is about the sentence by sentence and not about the plot is I actually kind of care more about characters and plot and emotions than I do about the sentence. Like I can look over not having super quotable moments as long as the, everything else about it is interesting. But I, I can't really do the opposite, yeah. you know? I can't do the opposite. Yeah, I understand. Well, I mean, I agree. I think the like I think that the sentence to sentence floweriness has to fit the tone of the book. Um Yeah, like I'm thinking like like we are yeah. okay. Yes, yeah, that's a good comparison, I think, because that is also like that's a somewhat similar age group. They're a little older. Um, but it's, you know, it's YA kind of and it's like a romance kind of, but that one is heavy. And the writing is also, it is mm-hmm. intense. It is very, very like quotable, as you say. It's got a lot more like flowery stuff, sentence by sentence. And I think, like you said, this book was just trying to be like light and like cute and happy while also touching on some like serious stuff, but doing it in a way that is not like so heavy. <laughs> and yeah. I really like that about it. I thought the writing matched it. So I agree. I don't have any issues with like not having a sentence by sentence. Like not every book we have to has to be heavy. And I think that's good. Yeah, I agree. It gets it sometimes reading too many heavy books is draining. And so it's always nice to like read something that, I don't know, kind of fills you up instead. Like it's just just makes a you happy. It makes a you light, you know? So anyway. Moving on, 
two memorability would you give it i gave it a 4.5 because so i know i gave everything else three or four um but i was just thinking like this i haven't read a book like this yeah to be honest and it's the first i feel like there's a lot of male lgbt content out there um and some of that I'm sure has to do with the fetishization of gay men for straight women. Um, I could talk about that for days and days and days and days. Yes, and days. I but, know you could. But going. I haven't read a lot of books about lesbians. And I also haven't seen a lot of them about younger girls figuring themselves out. And also ones that are really like light and happy um, that don't end in horrible tragedy. Also about women of color. So like I just thought that this book was unique in all of those things like it clicks a bunch of boxes that i don't feel like have been clicked in combination very often yeah <laughs> i understand what you um mean. and so i think that i'm gonna remember it for that and also just because it was just like sweet and like i loved the family relationship so much and it felt even though like our individual family is so very different from their family i still was able to see like like i mentioned and like you talked about like i was able to see your kind of coming out story in their family and i felt like the sister in the book and (laughs) so i think also for that i'm gonna remember it oh i love that i gave it um a four for memorability kind of similar reasons i i i think i just have issues remembering names of characters because like i don't remember the cousin's name who is like the major player in terms of the conflict but i do remember almost everything else about the book and i actually read this like a hot minute ago because i was so excited to read it after we picked it that i was like um i don't want to wait so i read it way 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 before this episode like us recording this and i still remember like all of it which doesn't always happen a lot of times i have to like space out when i read it so that i still remember stuff when we record but i didn't have to do that for this one um and yeah, I agree with the stuff about these boxes not being ticked all at once. Um, definitely. Like, I don't think I've ever read a book set in Ireland. I don't think I've ever read a book with a Brazilian love interest. I don't think I've ever read a book that deals with, like, the art of henna. I don't think I've ever read a book that deals with cultural appropriation in the way that this book does, you know? I don't... I, I read a little bit more um, lesbian fiction than you do just because of the way that I am. But I also haven't read a whole lot of like books that are this much about like because because Nishat knows that she's a lesbian before anything with Flavia. You know what I mean? Like this isn't her developing feelings for a girl and then going, oh, oops, I'm not straight. Like she knew before this. Um, and it's it. I feel like it's usually kind of in um, like it's kind of connected most of the time with a romance plot. Not that it wasn't connected in a way, but like her moment of of telling her parents happens before Flavia enters her life again. Um, and I thought that was really neat. So, yeah, that gave memorability a four. Yay! <laughs> Yay. All right, so let me see here. What does my average come out to? No, we haven't what done believability, your... dum-dum. Oh, shoot! You're so right! Dang it! What is wrong with me? Okay. <laughs> what are we, space cadets? <laughs> Apparently we are. What'd you give it for believability? I gave it a four. I thought their I thought the reactions to things were very believable, and I thought the characters were really fleshed out, and the emotional responses to various conflicts were, you know, believable. So I gave it a four. Would you give it? I also gave it a four for the same reasons. I was about to give it a three because I was like, man, these people really took this contest like really seriously. In they did school. take the contest very seriously. Like really did that. But then I thought about how teenage girls are. <laughs> 
like i mean think about it yeah. if you're at this school you would like and you're like how old are they 16 yeah around that age yeah like they're in their mid teens it when you're a teenager everything feels like a huge deal because it is at the time yeah it's such know? a big deal at the time you know it all matters so much like everything matters because so, it's so your much. first experience with things and I didn't go to an all-girls school, but I know people who did. And it seems like it is either, like, a sisterly haven or just, like, caddy. Um, and this school definitely fell into the caddy category. And it sounds fairly realistic from what I know of people who have had to go to all-girl Catholic schools. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Catholicism. I've been watching oh, Dairy Girls. Just speaking of oh, Catholic I've been watching Dairy Girls. In Ireland. You have? Yes. I mean, oh I'm only God, in, like, so the third hard. episode or something. Oh, okay. But Are you I, like, it? just started it. Yes, I am enjoying it. Yeah, it's fun. <laughs> I accidentally there's only six episodes per season. Did you know that? Because I didn't no, until I started I did watching not realize. it. I I was like I was just chilling and watching it, and then suddenly I was on season two, and I was like, "Hello, <laughs> what?" But so anyway. weird. Sometimes I forget my boyfriend was raised Catholic. Like he's not Catholic, but his family is Catholic, and he went to like schools like where like he was taught by nuns, and that's just wild to me that that's the experience of so many people. Nuns is the concept is like i don't i've never i don't think i've ever seen a nun in person yeah we're and from so the to south. me we don't, they don't we do exist. not have them there yeah <laughs> well i mean i think about my i have a close friend who teaches at a catholic school and there are nuns mm -hmm. at her catholic school and i'm like that's in nashville where are the nuns where are like, the nuns where are the nuns where are the nuns Very i used weird. to go in the like one of my friends growing up as like a little kid her family was catholic and they would like make us go to to church on Sunday mornings when I would have sleepovers. So occasionally I would go to Catholic, like Sunday school, because the parents were like, well, you're sleeping over, so we have to do it. You can't stay at the house. And I was like, dang it. That's the extent of my understanding of Catholicism, that and Dare Girls in this book. So, oh. so anyway, what's our totals? <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I got so distracted by that. I never actually did my total. Oh no. I'll have to do a little elevator music while we're waiting for you to do it. Boo -doo -doo. Boo -doo -doo -doo. My total comes to a 3.92, nice. um, which I mean, I felt like it was a four-star book, so that makes sense. What about you? Solid four, so yeah. Oh, solid yeah. four. Okay, so our average is essentially a four. <laughs> it's a four, yeah. Nice. Yay, good Yay. job. I feel like Yay. that seems right. It, it is an above-average book. I recommend The Hint this, Wars to I basically anyone who wants book. a cute book. I don't have a yeah. lot of qualifiers for this one. I agree with that. It's just like, do you want a sweet book? Here you go. Have it. Also, I like the cover a lot. I don't know. It's cute. I like it. It's pretty. Like, Not cute. It's pretty. It's it's very. Pleasing. It it fits the book. You know, some books don't. Some book like covers do not hit the tone right on the nail. The nail right on the head. That's what that phrase is. Um, but I feel like this one does. The more that I, I think about it, like it's sweet. It's fun. I like it. It's also like attention grabbing. It and is. And I enjoy it. I really like like um what is the word drawn book covers where the characters yeah, are not models I'm, with real people i'm so They're, into that yeah. i hate i almost always hate real people on covers i will say uh lovely war has a real person on the cover but her face is not completely in it so yeah i feel like that's all that's usually that where helps. it it yeah it goes like, wrong when the face is all there uh -uh. when the face is all there it's pretty rough i read a book recently where the front of the page like the, the the front cover is it's not that bad it could be worse but the back it's a real person on the front the back is the same real person but really really close up so it's just the front picture but blown up so her like forehead is at the top of the page and her chin's at the bottom it's so upsetting the book is wonderful but the back is really rough so 
anyway, so we read a four star book. We did. I feel good we about did. that. I feel good about that too. We've been doing well with our books lately. I feel like. Yeah, we've been reading things that are more recent, and I think it's working. So I don't know why, but I agree. You know, like I yeah. don't know what the reasoning is behind, like why they tend to be better. Because I don't think that books are were bad a few years ago. I think maybe just because know. people are talking about newer ones, I kind of know more about like, oh, I would like that one versus when I just like pick one that I like was like, oh, yeah, this cover looks true. cool, but have, I've never heard of it. You know, you don't have as much info about it, so it can go wrong, worse. Yeah. Um, speaking of new books, uh, mm-hmm. let's talk about our next book pick. So yeah. our new theme is going to be fairy tale inspired reads. So not fairy tale retellings. No, different. No, no, different. No. We're spicing um, it up. So Next week, we are going to be reading, or next episode, uh, Girl, Serpent, Thorn by Melissa Bashardust, um, which is a, I'm just going to read the like tiny blurb, a captivating and utterly original fairy tale about a girl cursed to be poisonous to the touch and who discovers what power might lie in such a curse. So it's like a fairy tale retelling of like a princess who's cursed. Um, it is shelved as fantasy, YA, LGBT, and retellings. So there's a lot going on. Um, the cover is beautiful. It really is. I really like the trend of covers with snakes on them. Yes. It reminds me of The Midnight Lie. Really good. Ooh, the Midnight Lie. There's mm-hmm. this one. One that's coming out soon is um, These Violent Delights has a little snaky on the cover. And that one is a beautiful cover, too. I, don't, I just, yeah. I love the the snake trend i really do yeah and this book uh girl serpent thorn actually was released or published july 7th of this year so it is fresh it is fresh new. fresh fresh um fresh off hot off the presses hot off the so, f- right from the book farm right from the book farm as we like to locally say. sourced farm to table farm book. to brain <laughs> farm to brain yep to that's brain. how books work exactly. um so that's what we're gonna be reading next week so pick up girl serpent thorn and read along with us because i think it's gonna be good i'm excited yeah. yeah so it's gonna do it for us yeah kind of a longer episode week. yeah we talked okay. a lot about things that don't matter that's but that's true. okay that's okay um yeah <laughs> i hope you enjoyed the henna wars if you read it if you didn't read it go read it pick it up yeah, it's buy really it it's really wonderful you can get a physical copy and then we can be twinsies because i'm also going to cool. get a physical copy so check us out on twitter at book and siblings check us out on our website bookandsiblings.com. we have been keeping our website up to date in ways that we had not previously been doing for quarantine yes yes because life happened but now we are all up to date everything fell apart but now it's fine and yeah. now you can get little summaries of each episode and figure out what to read next and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah. So yeah. thank you for listening. We will talk to you later. We will talk to you later.